You're listening to Come Follow Me Weekly, a weekly podcast with thoughts and insights for the Come Follow Me lessons of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm your host, Heather Weber. Thanks for being here with me this week. This week, I am coming to you from a hotel in Nampa, Idaho. So you might hear a lot of freeway noise, air conditioner noise, or other random noise, so I apologize. My husband's grandma passed away last weekend, and they had a gravesite service for her today. So we made the trip over here for that. His grandma was 99 years old. She was five months shy of being 100. She was pretty spry and spunky, but I think after almost 100 years, her heart decided that it had reached its expiration date and needed to take a rest. She lived with my mother-in-law, and the night she passed away, she'd eaten a nice dinner outside, and was watching her daughter plant flowers, which was one of her favorite activities. So it seemed like her last day of her mortal existence was a pretty peaceful one. She was a sweet person and we will sure miss her, but also I'm really happy for her and the awesome reunions that she's been able to have this week. And I've thought a lot this week about how grateful I am to have the gospel in my life, especially at times like this when we're unable to have a funeral and how hard that must be for people who don't have the knowledge that we do. It's just a pretty crazy time. (laughs) The title of this week's lesson is In the Strength of the Lord, and it covers Mosiah chapters 7 through 10. The opening paragraph of this week's lesson says, While King Mosiah's people were enjoying continual peace in Zarahemla, their thoughts turned to another group of Nephites, who many years before had left to dwell in the land of Lehi-Nephi. Generations had passed, and Mosiah's people had heard nothing from them. So Mosiah asked Ammon to lead a search party to find the Nephites who had left. The search party found that the Nephites, because of iniquity, were in captivity to the Lamanites. But with the arrival of Ammon and his brethren, suddenly there was hope for deliverance. Sometimes we're like these captive Nephites, suffering because of our sins, wondering how we'll ever find peace again. Sometimes we're like Ammon, feeling prompted to reach out to others and eventually finding that our efforts have inspired them to lift up their heads and rejoice and put their trust in God. No matter our circumstances, we all need to repent and turn to the Lord with full purpose of heart, with faith that He will deliver us. I feel like there is so much that we can relate to in this paragraph and in this lesson this week. I've seen a lot of comments from people lately, and I felt this way myself at times too, wondering if and when we'll ever find peace again. This whole coronavirus thing has been very divisive and stressful and not very fun. (laughs) This has just been an interesting trial, and it's one that the whole world is experiencing at the same time. Usually when catastrophic things happen, it tends to affect one area of the country or of the world. But this situation has landed right in the middle of everyone's lives. It affects every person from kindergartners to senior citizens. So what can we do when everything we know and all of our life plans get turned upside down? And I think studying this lesson this week might help us find some answers to that question. The first section says, if I turn to the Lord, trust him and serve him, he will deliver me. There's a lot going on in the Book of Mormon this week. We hear about several different groups of people covering a few different timelines. Mosiah is now the king. And apparently, a long time ago, there was a group of people who had left Zarahemla to go up to the land of Lehi-Nephi, and no one had heard from them again. And there were people pressuring Mosiah to go and find out what happened to them. So Mosiah sent 16 strong men on a quest (laughs) to go and find out what happened to these people, and Ammon was their leader. 
And it says that Ammon and his men wandered for 40 days, and they came to a hill and set up camp. And then Ammon decided to take three men and go down into the land of Nephi. And as they were wandering around, they came upon the king and his guards. And they were immediately captured and taken to prison. So after a couple of days, they were brought before King Limhi. And Ammon tells the king who he is and why he's there. And Limhi, at this point, is overjoyed because Limhi's people have been in bondage to the Lamanites. And he's hoping that Ammon and his men can help them get out of their current situation. So Limhi decided to have a celebration, and he invited all the people to come so that he could speak to them. And he gives them some messages of hope. He tells them to lift up their heads and be comforted, and to lift up their heads and rejoice, and to put their trust in God. And he gives them lots of examples of times where the Lord had helped other groups of people in the past that were in situations similar to the ones that they were facing. And having all of these examples to look back on and to share with the people during their time of struggle really helped them to have faith and to feel hopeful. And I think that this is a good reminder to us to write down our spiritual impressions and spiritual experiences that we have so that in times when we feel pretty lost or when we feel a lack of hope in our lives, we can look back on the times where we did feel peace and where we did receive help. Richard G. Scott said, Write down in a secure place the important things you learn from the Spirit. You will find that as you write down precious impressions, often more will come. Also, the knowledge you gain will be available throughout your life. In Mosiah chapter 7, verse 33, Limhi says, But if ye will turn to the Lord with full purpose of heart, and put your trust in Him, and serve Him with all diligence of mind, if ye do this, He will, according to His own will and pleasure, deliver you out of bondage. And I thought about that phrase, full purpose of heart, and what does that really mean? I found a quote from Elder Patrick Kieran, who said, We find healing and relief only when we bring ourselves to the feet of the great physician, our Savior, Jesus Christ. We must lay down our weapons of rebellion, and we each know what they are. We must lay down our sin, vanity, and pride. We must give up our desires to follow the world and to be respected and lauded by the world. We must cease fighting against God and instead give our whole hearts to him, holding nothing back. Then he can heal us. Then he can cleanse us from the venomous sting of sin. And I would add that he can also heal us from emotional pain and sorrow. I really love that quote. And that taught me that turning to the Lord with full purpose of heart means that we need to become humble, that we want what he wants for us, and that that is our main focus. I think we're always going to care about worldly things because we live in the world. (laughs) We need to work, we need to eat, we need to have money, and we want to be comfortable and we want to have fun. And to some extent, there's nothing wrong with any of those things. We have the spiritual part of our lives and we have the temporal part of our lives. And those two things make up who we are. But I think the questions that we need to individually ask ourselves are which one takes up most of our time and energy and which one is most important to us and which one is winning the battle in our heart. And I think the answer to that is for each one of us to come to on our own. In Mosiah chapter 8, Limhi turns the meeting over to Ammon and has him tell about the history of his people. And he told them about King Benjamin and all the things that he had taught. And so then the meeting's over and everyone goes back to their homes. And Mosiah has this set of gold plates with engravings on them. And he gives them to Ammon, hoping that he can read them. Apparently what happened is that Limhi and his people 
finding themselves in a bad situation being in bondage to the Lamanites, sent 43 people out into the wilderness to try and find the land of Zarahemla and get some help. Well, these people got lost and never found the land of Zarahemla, but they did find another land that had been abandoned, and it says that this land was covered with the bones of men. And for proof that they had actually found this land, they brought back with them 24 gold plates and some other things that they had found. So he wanted Amma to translate this record so that they could hopefully find out who these people were and what had happened to them. And Ammon tells Limhi about Mosiah, who was the prophet, seer, and revelator in Zarahemla. And he explains to Limhi what a prophet is. In verse 18 of chapter 8, it says, Thus God has provided a means that man, through faith, might work mighty miracles. Therefore, he becometh a great benefit to his fellow beings. And in the lesson, it asks this question, When was the last time you pondered the blessings of having prophets, seers, and revelators on the earth? And I immediately thought of President Nelson and the apostolic blessing that he gave during this last conference. And I just wanted to read it because it's really, really good. He said, Dear brothers and sisters, I express my love for you. During this time of tension and uncertainty and invoking the authority vested in me, I would like to confer upon you an apostolic blessing. I bless you with peace and increasing faith in the Lord. I bless you with a desire to repent and become a little more like him each day. I bless you to know that the prophet Joseph Smith is the prophet of the restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ in its fullness. Should there be illness among you or your loved ones, I leave a blessing of healing consistent with the will of the Lord. I so bless you, adding once more my expression of love for each of you in the sacred name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We belong to our Savior's church on the earth. It's the literal church of Jesus Christ. And Russell M. Nelson is the prophet that our Savior has appointed on the earth to help us and to help his work go forward at this time. And especially during hard times and unprecedented times like we're facing right now, I am so grateful to have a prophet and prophets that speak actual truth and to help us to find peace in our lives. And if you need some peace in your life, one suggestion I have is to read their words. We can trust them and following their advice and counsel will only bring peace and happiness into our lives. And I can't think of too many things that are better than that, especially right now. So then, as we move on to chapters 9 and 10, we kind of take a detour in this story. Mormon, at this point in the Book of Mormon, inserts the record of Zenith. And why did he do that? Well, I don't really know. <laughs> but one reason could be that Zenith was the father of King Noah, who was the father of King Limhi, who we had just been reading about. So this record of Zenith kind of ties all of these people's stories together. And there's a lot of good stuff to learn from all of them. Zenith was a really interesting guy. I think he had good intentions, but sometimes he got a little ahead of himself. And he was an example of someone who maybe for part of his life didn't listen to the spirit very well, but just kind of went ahead with his own plans, trying to do things in his own way. And I don't know about you if you've ever tried that in your life, but for me, it usually doesn't work out very well. <laughs> Zenith was a Nephite, and he had been sent in as a spy among the Lamanites so that the Nephite army could go in and take over. But as Zenith got to know some of the Lamanites, he decided that the Lamanites really weren't that bad of people, and he tried to convince the people with him to leave them alone. And for that, he started a battle and almost got killed. Then later, he goes to the Lamanite king 
to ask if they could just come in and peacefully take over some land. And Zenith admits right in these scriptures that maybe he was a little overzealous at times. <laughs> uh, yeah, he kind of was. So, of course, King Laman says, sure, come on over, we'll leave and you can have this land. And it was obvious, I think, <laughs> to everyone except Zenith, in the end, this was a trap. And finally, Zenith realized that maybe he did need the Lord's help. And when the Lamanites came in and tried to take over, the Lord was with Zenith and his people. In verse 17, it says, Yea, in the strength of the Lord did we go forth to battle against the Lamanites. For I and my people did cry mightily to the Lord that he would deliver us out of the hands of our enemies, for we were awakened to a remembrance of the deliverance of our fathers. So Zenith and his people were able to live in peace for several years until the Lamanites tried to come in again and take over. In Mosiah chapter 10, verses 10 and 11, it says, And it came to pass that we did go up to battle against the Lamanites. And I, even I in my old age, did go up to battle against the Lamanites. And it came to pass that we did go up in the strength of the Lord to battle. Now the Lamanites knew nothing concerning the Lord, nor the strength of the Lord. Therefore they depended upon their own strength, yet they were a strong people as to the strength of men. Now none of us have to worry about battling Lamanites. But right now we are battling a lot of fear and uncertainty and misinformation and stress. And our lives in general are very different than they were a few months ago. I think life can sometimes just be really hard. <laughs> but instead of just relying on our own strength, like the Lamanites did, how much easier is it? And how much more peace do we feel? And how much better are the results of everything when we involve our Heavenly Father and our Savior in our struggles? I think when we're humble enough to pray and to listen and to act on what we feel, our lives are infinitely better, no matter what is going on around us. We can still feel peace and still feel happy. There are silver linings in every cloud that comes into our lives if we just look for them. The last section of the lesson talks about how our choices can influence generations. And in Mosiah chapter 10, it is talking about the Lamanites and their attitudes toward the Nephites and why they felt the way they did. Basically, it was the Lamanite tradition as people to be upset at the Nephites for pretty much everything. <laughs> they taught their families that the Nephites were bad people who had wronged them for generations, and they told stories about all of the perceived wrongs that had ever happened. In verse 17, it says, And thus they have taught their children that they should hate them, and that they should murder them, and that they should rob and plunder them, and do all they could to destroy them. Therefore, they have an eternal hatred towards the children of Nephi. And that's a pretty extreme example of the influence we can have on the people around us. But it makes me think about myself as a parent. What attitudes and traditions am I teaching my children? Am I kind? Am I positive? Do I show faith in hard situations? Or do I blame other people for my challenges? We're all human and we all have our moments <laughs> and times where we let our emotions get the better of us or when maybe we don't react to things in the most Christ-like way. But I think even in that, we can be an example of saying we're sorry or of repentance or in trying to do better. Our attitudes and our examples really do have a big impact on those people we influence. This week with my husband's grandma passing away, I've been thinking a lot about her husband who passed away about 18 years ago. His name was Harold William Anderson and everyone called him Grandpa Bill. And when he was a younger man, he wasn't active in the church. 
he drank and he smoked. And from what my mother-in-law says, he would sometimes get a little intimidating when he'd been drinking. And honestly, that's pretty hard for me to believe because the person I knew was one of the sweetest people that I've ever met. But one day, the bishop came to their home and told Bill that he needed to be in the Elders Quorum Presidency. And Bill was like, um, I can't do that. I smoke and I drink and I don't like to go to church. And the bishop said, well, I guess you better go talk to the Lord about that. And so he did. He prayed for help. He threw away his cigarettes and his alcohol. He accepted that calling in the church and he never looked back. He was a good person and a good example of the power of the atonement and how it can change lives. And he had a huge influence for good on generations of his posterity. And I'm grateful for the person that he was and the influence he had on my husband, which influences my family today. Our choices absolutely matter, and the way we choose to live our lives matters, not just to us, but to everyone we come in contact with every day. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel of hope and peace and of change and the ability to change because of our Savior, and I'm very, very grateful for that. And those are a few of my thoughts this week. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you all are healthy and happy and that you have a great week. Don't forget that you can find me on Instagram at Come Follow Me Weekly, or you can email me at cfmweekly at gmail.com.